Hi, friends. I'm Mandy. And I'm Missy. And we're the Wayward Homesteaders. In this podcast, we will talk about homesteading and homeschooling. We will cover topics like food preservation, gardening, unschooling, and all the things we enjoy doing with our families. Grow with us as we talk about creating a homestead full of poop, plants, permaculture, and everything in between. Hi, friends. This is Mandy from Chapel Hill Forge. And this is Missy from Homesteading Roots. So we're going to be starting our next series, which is going to be about gardening. This episode is going to be about our garden fails. I'm sure everyone can relate because it never, you know, never fails that you put something in the ground thinking you're going to have this awesome something and it just poo-poos right in your face. So um, at the beginning of each episode now, we're going to start with a homestead happening. So we'll just give you like a quick minute or two about something that's going on in our life. Um, just a little something interesting, whether it has to do with our family or something we preserved this week or anything like that. So we're going to start with Missy. Go ahead. So as most of you know, we are preparing to move um, from Florida and hoping to get back into PA where um, our hometown is. We had some exciting news. Um, We had an offer put in on the house and it was a couple that had just had a baby. They're both um, in the service and they wanted to be closer to Eglin, which is where they work, and that's the Air Force base that's right near our house. Um, so they had put their offer in. We were excited, you know, started planning. We set the closing date, and only to come back like two days later, and their financing didn't go through. So it was kind of a bummer, you know. Um, we were already planning, looking at houses, and getting ready to put offers in on houses. Um, so we had that we were dealing with this week, but um, we just keep reminding ourselves that, you know, God has a plan and his plan will come through. So that's what we've been doing just, you know, here and at the drop of a hat, we can get a phone call saying, hey, so-and-so wants to be there in 20 minutes. So, you know, it's hurry up and clean up the house. We have four kids here. So um, there's a lot of cleanup and spills and all that kind of stuff that needs to be done, sweeping and dishes and all that stuff before people come in. They come in, it lasts about five or ten minutes, and then they're gone. So I'm struggling more than Jeremy is. He's more optimistic about this kind of stuff. But I'm I'm like, you know, it ruffles our feathers, gets us in a hurry, and they're here for ten minutes, and then they leave. And then half the time we don't even hear anything until you know, days or sometimes never, you know, what they think of it, or we're just on to the next showing. So that's what we've been dealing with here as a family. Oh, and it's so exhausting because I mean, you know, obviously I'm here like every step of the way as she's dealing with this. So it's like, we have the peak of, Oh, we think we found the perfect house. Just kidding. They sold to someone else. Oh, there's an offer. Just kidding. There's not an offer. Like it is just up and down and up and down and up and down. And like, we're going on, how long's the house been on the market? Like 40 days, maybe. Yeah. Right there. Well, feels like forever yeah um so that's what's happening with the culbertsons over here um it's obviously it's a busy time of year we're preserving food and all that zad is here less than normal so as some of you know he um works on the crew for lancaster balloon rides which is um maybe 30 minutes from our house um it's one of our multiple income streams so Um, he worked for their festival in kind of near Philly. He did that when Missy was here with me for a couple weeks. Um, and then he's just, he's been busy doing a flight in the morning, a flight in the evening. So 
Normally the alarm goes off about four o'clock. He calls in to see what the weather report is and if they're going to fly. So he'll normally leave around 4.30, gets home around 8.30 or 9. And then if the afternoon flight is on, he usually needs to leave again around 4.30 or so and is home about the same time, 8.30 or whatever. Um, it's great. Extra income stream. You know, he gets tips and whatever, typically. So we love it. We love getting the extra paycheck. But it does make it a little bit harder for me around here because, you know, my kitchen is overflowing with either things that I grew or things that are coming in from the animals or things that I bought from local farmers that I'm trying to get on the shelf for winter. So um, Bud is at camp this week, which makes my life even more stressful because I don't have, I mean, Bud is essentially another adult. So, you know, I don't have really any help with the babies this week. My mom is able to come over Tuesday, Wednesday. So she's going to help me get some preservation projects done. I have some peppers and tomatoes that are cutting in the fridge that are ready to rock. And I have cucumbers and zucchini that need done. So, um, it, it, that's just the, it's the season that we're in. We know that come like January, February, March, like there are not balloon flights then there's not Christmas orders coming in for fire pokers. Um, so this is our time to make money, make hay when the sun shines, as they say. So, and you know, just in this economic climate, we're not really in a position to turn down any extra money. So, um, it's it's just what we have to do right now and you know it's a choice that we've made it's what we want to do zad does enjoy it he likes getting out of the house he really likes his boss there he likes the people that he works with so he's much more social than me he doesn't mind leaving the house it's not my favorite activity as my husband says i only leave when i want to do something like go for a walk or go visit my favorite farmer to buy bushels of things um magically i know how to drive then that's what he always says so that's what's happening here. So you can look forward to this little, hopefully you look forward to this little segment at the beginning of each podcast. We'll just give you like a little rundown about what's happening with us. So like I said, this is going to be our next series. We're going to be talking about gardening. So um, today we're going to talk about our fails or our garden bloopers. Um, I have a 1,000 square foot garden. I added another 1,000 square foot on this year. So I have a 2,000 square foot garden for this year. And I am definitely not without my fails this year. So first I'm going to have Missy talk about what her experience has been like gardening in Florida. As you can imagine, it is much different than growing here. We're in zone 6B, sort of on the line of 6A um, here in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. So like south uh, Eastern Pennsylvania. And that's obviously what Missy grew up knowing. And then as an adult, when she was gardening here, you know, it, it was it's four very distinct seasons and all of that. And Florida is much, much different, almost kind of the opposite, I feel like <laughs> in some ways. So Missy's going to talk a little bit about um, what kind of research she did leaning up moving to Florida to learn about how to garden there, what she did when they got there, um, and, and just how it's going. Okay, so when we first moved to Florida, I it didn't even cross my mind prior to this, like when I had all these dreams of gardening in Florida, it didn't cross my mind that there wouldn't be dirt. Well, there's absolutely zero dirt. Like we have grass and then we have sand. Um, so that was kind of shocking when we got here. I don't know why I didn't think of that before, because dirt is a big thing that you need to grow. Um, so I did some research and there's a lot of companies around here that... Um, do work with like trees they're clearing out a lot of areas to build buildings which is sad um so I thought okay well if we're gonna do raised beds which Jeremy had the idea to do that um I thought okay well we can do and I forget Mandy what is it called it's a weird name where you, you do like 
Yes. Yep. Say it again. Google culture. That's what it is. So <laughs> I called to get wood chips from this one company. The guy was great that I talked to. Oh, yes, we'll come deliver. You know, when we deliver, we'll bring you the bill, whatever. I said, okay, great. Plop it right in front of the garage door on the driveway, and that'll be fantastic. Well, two days later, he comes and he plops what is not wood chips. It was actually trunks and branches and uh, logs from trees. Um, He drops that right in front of the garage and then leaves And I tried messaging him and I'm like, this isn't what we ordered. We ordered chips that I wanted to put, you know, in the bottom, the very bottom of the raised beds and doesn't answer my message. You know, I ended up messaging again and I'm like, look, like I haven't even paid for these. You know, can you send me a bill? Like, we'll just make this work. Kind of desperate at this point. So never heard from him again. He never answered any of my messages. So we got this big delivery of uh, trees and stumps and everything in our driveway. And we're kind of like okay, well, I'm glad we could get rid of his trash for him. But, you know, whatever, we made good use of it. Um, We filled, we just put it in the bottoms of our raised beds. And then, (laughs) this is hilarious, we went, I found a local farmer, horse farmer, that was giving away free manure. So we took our Honda and trash bags and we, (laughs) we went to the horse farm and we filled up trash bags as far as until we couldn't, you know, lift them anymore. Threw them in the back of the Honda, drove home. And we put that on top of like the wood chips um, in the raised beds. And then I was trying to call around to get like dirt for on top of that. And I could not find anywhere of anyone that had topsoil. I could go buy the bags at Lowe's, but that was way expensive, going to break the bank. Um, so then Jeremy's friend, Kyle, who actually lives about an hour north of us, um, he said that they're their county or whatever they collect the leaves and make the compost and he's like i can get you a scoop of that and bring it down i was like fantastic that'd be great so kyle did that for us thank god for kyle because if not we wouldn't have had any dirt um so he brought that down and then we put that in like to fill the rest of our beds up and then that's where we put our seeds and stuff in um it was a good it was a huge scoop and it was like thirty dollars I mean, I don't know how many like cubic yards or whatever it was, but it was gigantic. Um, so we filled that, filled our two raised beds with that. And then we sold a pile left over. And instead of buying like pots and all that stuff at like Lowe's or wherever you can get them, Walmart, I did a little more research to see like a more earth friendly type of thing. And I found foil pots. So they're actually really cool. They're just foil made into a pot and you can get them in like five gallons 10 gallons 20 gallons I think it goes up to like 50 gallons um so I did some research with like my seeds that I was going to be planting and figuring out how much room and you know how many gallons of pot each thing would need and I went on Amazon and I ordered these pots and I had enough dirt to fill them so everything was great I had I ordered what did I order I ordered 20 10 gallon felt pots and 10 20 gallon felt pots so I figured you know I've more than enough to plant things and you know that's what we're gonna do so let me think okay we got the manure we got the dirt um we put our the first thing we put in our raised beds was radishes beets lettuce carrots I think that might have been it and kale oh yeah we did kale yep um and everything was amazing it was beautiful you know better than any in-ground garden I had ever taken care of. Um, So we were happy with that. We started, you know, our seeds indoors. Everything we started 
here was from seed. We didn't buy any plants, which was also new to me because usually I buy starter plants from um, Funk's greenhouse back home. You so don't that really was all. have, uh, I mean, not near as many greenhouses there either, right? No. Um, actually, there's like three around us, but they're all closed down and not even a thing anymore. Basically, if I wanted live plants, I'd have to go to Lowe's. Which is crazy, because I feel like here you could spit and hit 10. Well, right. Exactly. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah so I'm trying to think. Okay. So then I started researching the seeds that I had and, you know, when to start them. We are in zone 9A. And um, starting our seeds, I was starting our seeds in January. When I was talking to Mandy about starting seeds, she's like, wait, it's January. And I'm like, I know this is so weird to me. Like, this doesn't feel right even showed up yet <laughs> yeah exactly like it was the strangest thing but um and then as i was researching some of the seeds i have they're talking about cold stratification and i'm like what is cold stratification so i had to go on and like research and see you know what this was all about well here it's it's a process of treating your seeds so that it'll it'll simulate natural conditions like up north where the the seeds will have a cold time they'll experience you know like, a, like what was that like a dormancy yeah. Yes, exactly. Sorry, my watch is thinking that I'm talking to it. Um, yeah, so like a dormancy, and then it, they'll like come out of the dormancy. So it's like, oh, great. Now I got to add this to what I have to do. So there was probably 20 seeds that I had to stratis- stratify. Now this was taking a paper towel, spraying the paper towel, but not getting it too wet, sprinkling your seeds on it, folding the paper towel, putting it in a Ziploc bag, labeling your Ziploc bag, and only closing it halfway and sticking it in the back of your fridge for two months or so I'm like okay this is gonna be easy you know so I did all of my seeds took probably a day and a half to get everything done put it in the fridge had big plans well not one of those seeds that I cold stratified survived um I got absolutely zero from that so that was all wasted time that was all wasted money on seeds and ziplocs and paper towels and your emotions (laughs) my emotions yes all of it so um, that was one fail for me. So if I would still be here for next season, I would probably look into maybe getting different types of seeds so that I wouldn't have to do that and it wouldn't be a waste. But um, I did start tomatoes, peppers, not a peños, um, <laughs> bell <not> peppers, a- <laughs> right? Bell peppers, eggplants, started all that kind of stuff from seed and did it on the um, heat mats in the living room and then move them out to the sunroom and then move them into their final resting places <laughs> and Literally. I oh gosh we had 15 tomato plants we had four cherry tomato plants we had seven bell pepper plants we had four eggplant plants um what else did we do good grief uh that might have been about it uh, the only thing that I got from all of those plants this season was about 30 not a peños and four cherry tomatoes. Oh, my gosh. So all of that. Oh, I lie. I got a little tiny baby eggplant. Right. I was um, going to say, I thought while you were here, Jeremy picked an eggplant. Yeah, I got a little tiny baby one. Yeah, uh, everything would like be doing beautiful and then like it would bear fruit the fruit would be green and then it'd start to turn orange and then it would rot so oh. there's some research I have to do like I said if we're going to be here for next season because that was a lot of wasted money and time and emotions and all of it 
Um, Cause I was, you know, I planted all those tomatoes so that I could make, uh, Jeremy has issues with, um, oh gosh, acid reflux. Yes. Sorry. And, um, you know, I did some research on like orange or yellow tomatoes and I was like, Oh, I'll, you know, I'll plant these and I can make some tomato sauce and he'll be able to eat it and not be up on the, all night with acid reflux. Well, no, none of it. So I had bought all these canning jars, you know, which I'll still use, but I bought all those in preparation whatever so that was a total flop um down in the corner of our yard we had fenced off a little area and put a net on like our fence so that the viney things that we were going to grow in there we put cucumbers in there we put a butterfly butterfly blue butterfly flowering vine down there i put some toothache plants in there oh yeah they hey right yeah, they did. Yep, the cucumber. So funny. Um, the cucumber like took off, and I, I when I planted this stuff, I was like, oh, I'll remember exactly where everything is. Huh. And then when I go back in, I'll write it down. Well, I lost my train of thought, and I went back in. I never wrote it down. So I had thought where I planted the butterfly bush was actually where I planted the cucumber. So when the cucumbers came up, I'm like, those flowers are not supposed to be yellow. They're supposed to be blue. And I you know the whole time I'm like wow maybe I just got the wrong seeds in my packet you know whatever the whole time I'm I'm believing that it's supposed to be this butterfly bush then I go out and there's this cucumber hanging there and I'm like oh my gosh you know okay now I get it the butterfly bush is over there cucumbers are cucumbers are here you know so we got a good bit of cucumbers off of that vine um stay tuned with what we're going to do for them um but our butterfly bush is just now starting to like have flowers, but now the bottom of it is yellow. So I don't know what's happening out there. Um, I had two squash plants that I bought a trellis for and raised the, the seeds inside. They were doing wonderful. Went out, put a little dirt where I wanted to plant them, plant them in. And two days later, they were dead. So we have had pretty much zero luck with any type of gardening here and you know, it's our first year. If we were planning to stay, I would really dig into these issues. Um, I did end up purchasing the Blossom app, and that has kind of helped me with one thing that I thought was a weed, but it was actually a lion's ear that I had planted and forgot that I planted. Um, came up great, but just one of them. You know, I had a whole bunch planted. There was just one that came up. Just um, one little morsel of hope. Right, exactly. Um yeah, so I did get the Blossom app, and that's helped me diagnose some issues. Some issues were completely off, so I don't know. I, I don't know if there's anything out there that can really be, you know, 100%, you know, it's just trial and error. And I'm not going to give up. You know, I'll go next year wherever I am. If I'm here, I'm in PA, I'm going to put my efforts into starting again and see where it takes us. Did you guys have any fails in your PA garden? I mean, I know we're milling potatoes and watermelons. No. And it's so funny because the house we lived in before we moved here, I grew up in. And when I was younger, I found a, a pumpkin seed lying somewhere and I just shoved it down like between two bricks in the patio. And that pumpkin plant went, covered the entire front yard, went the whole way around the house. It was like the biggest pumpkin plant ever. We were selling pumpkins for weeks. So... <laughs> We've never, and I never started seeds in PA. Like we, I mean, like started them in the house. We just direct sowed everything. And we had tomatoes coming out our ears, watermelons, cantaloupes, you know, all that kind of stuff. 
I didn't, I didn't have, you know, this kind of issue. So this was all new to me and it was sad. Well, and the dirt that you guys had in Washington borough was like black gold. Oh, totally. I mean, it's not, it's so crazy to me because so we're as the crow flies. I mean, we're probably five miles from Missy's old house and our, we have red clay, like straight up clay soil there. It, it's terrible. Um, you would have to work for years ever get it to like usable which is why i also do raised beds um but it's just crazy like literally five miles down the road and they just have like that dirt looks like straight compost yeah yeah it's crazy so okay as far as my fails go this year i have had ample so um like i said we added onto our garden um we so the top of my garden if you've seen my garden on facebook or instagram you sort of know what it looks like or on youtube um so i've raised beds at the top so we have raised beds that are two feet tall and most of the beds are eight ten or twelve feet long two feet wide it's like a nice little like labyrinth maze kind of you know it's i love love having raised beds up there it saves my back i was super pregnant when we built that garden um so that was part of the reason that we did raised beds um but i love that i also did hugel culture in my um <clears throat> in my raised beds so hugel culture is a german word um you could also call it lasagna gardening and basically what you're doing is like cardboard newspaper wood chips logs and sticks you know you're putting all the big stuff on the bottom and then you're piling in so what we did is we put like missy we did logs and sticks on the bottom filled it in with wood chips we put down like cardboard and newspaper we buy 50 percent topsoil 50 percent mushroom mix from our local mulch place and we put that on top and then each year i just kind of top dress it with um you know compost or whatever so I love the beds. The beds are going amazingly. The The garden that we added on at the bottom is essentially just one big rectangle. It's almost a square, but it's, it's technically a rectangle, I guess. Um, we got two tri-axle dump truck loads of dirt. When I, I know the girl at the mulch place, and when I called her, and I had figured out ahead of time how many cubic yards I needed, I was like, I think I'm going to need two dump truck loads. She's like, um, what are you doing? I was like, adding on to my garden she's like i don't think you're gonna need that much well i tell her how big it is how deep i need it to be and, she, and she's like mm, yep sure shit that's what you need i'm like yepers bring it on down so i was so excited about this bottom garden because my plan was or my plan is was to do squashes melons pumpkins things like that so my thought process was i would grow like some cool gourds and things like that and sell on my little farm wagon that i was going to put at the road um and then you know we'd have some watermelons for us to eat and pumpkins and winter squash and things like that i could store in the basement and we'd have some really good um you know nutrient dense kind of food that we could store over the winter um that plan has maybe 25% hit its goal. Um, my gourds and pumpkins that are growing. So what I did is I, when Missy was here, actually, we put six cattle panels up in the bottom garden, um, and made trellis out of them. And I love trellising with cattle panel. It is the best. I do it in the top garden too. And, um, it's in my tomatoes, my beans, like all of it. And it's the best. Um, so my gourds that are growing up the trellis are doing great. I have long neck bottle gourds growing. I have birdhouse gourds growing. I have loofah growing. All of those things are doing amazing. 
The problem is the ones that are underneath of the trellis are staying too wet. So now that it's getting really thick on my trellis, it's not having an opportunity to dry. And so my thought was these will grow up and out and sprawling. You know how you see like a pumpkin patch and you'll have all these beautiful pumpkins and it'll just be, you know, ideal. So that's not exactly what's happening. Um, the ones that are growing on the ground are rotting because they're just staying too wet. Um, so I'm going to need to rectify that for next year. Um, put some shade tolerant plants under that or something. It just gets too thick and just too much shade and it's just staying too damp. So it's going okay. I'm not getting nothing. I've gotten some patty pan out of there. Um, I've gotten some acorn squash out of it. The ones that get like a soft side, they go to the chickens. Like they're not going to waste or anything. It's just, you know, of course I'd rather eat it myself than give it to the chickens. Um, so it's going okay. It's not great. I need to do some modifications to it, to it next year, but this was my first year with the bottom garden. So I, it was kind of experimental. In the top garden, um, <clears throat> my tomatoes, I have a ton of tomatoes coming on there. I usually am a little bit behind the curve. I probably didn't put my tomatoes in until June. I did start them in the house, of course, um, but I didn't put them in until June probably. So I usually am like 15, 20 days behind when everyone else starts getting their bumper crop of things. Um, so I'm starting to harvest some tomatoes. I'm getting the, like, seriously, the best thing about growing tomatoes is when they're on the vine and it's like green, yellow, orange, red. Like that is my favorite thing about growing tomatoes is how pretty they are growing on the vine. So, but I have kind of a combination of trellises going on. So I did tomato cages on all of them. Tomato cages are so freaking expensive. And like, I did a bunch of research about tomatoes. I... <clears throat> so I love the square cages where they like collapse flat and whatever, but they are a lot. Like I'm thinking they're 10, 15, I forget, but I had like 120 tomato plants. So I wasn't putting out a thousand dollars for tomato cages. That was ludicrous. So I was like doing some research on like strings and black iron pipe and like, you know, how can I trellis these things? So my tomatoes that got weaved into the cattle panel are doing fantastic. Like these are, I have all indeterminate tomatoes. Indeterminate means like they're just going to grow and grow and grow and grow. A determinate tomato would mean like it's only going to grow, say, three feet and stop. All of these are indeterminate. So they're just growing to the heavens. They're like six feet tall. Um, some of them are staying contained to their tomato cages. But because I bought the $2.50 tomato cages from Tractor Supply made from like the crappiest metal ever, you know, a bunch of them are falling over. So I'm like taking the little clear tomato clips or whatever from Amazon, which I love those things. They are the best. I'm like clipping cages together and clipping the cages of the cattle panel. And today I had to like bust out the good old white string and I'm bringing the tomato up to the cattle panel and it is, it's fine. And I'm still growing food and that's the whole goal and that's what matters, but good grief. My other thing with tomatoes is when Missy was here, she was helping me kind of prune my tomatoes. So um, she pruned a lot of them for me. And then, you know, once the rain starts coming, the tomatoes just get crazy. So like you almost couldn't even tell that she even pruned like a couple of later because they just got so huge. So I'm kind of doing some experimenting. I have some beds where I'm like keeping up with the pruning. I have some beds where I'm not pruning them at all. And then I have some beds where I had suckered at the beginning of the year and I'm kind of just seeing what they do. Um, and it's kind of interesting. Like I definitely have tomatoes that have brown leaves on the bottom, but they're still growing tomatoes. So I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'll let you stay put then. They don't look super pretty, but they're growing tomatoes. Again, we're growing food. That's the goal.
Um, whew, so my tomatoes are just, they're so out of hand. They're starting to fall over. I really like cattle panel is just where it's at. And it's so sturdy and holds so much more weight than a silly tomato cage. Maybe one day by the time I'm old and I have the quote, perfect garden, I'll have all those square cages and I can afford to outfit my garden with $2,000 worth of square tomato cages. Um, that's not right now though, for sure. So that's what's happening with my tomatoes. My beans are, um, you know, obviously getting hit by the bugs, which it never fails. So I wasn't sure if I wanted to label this a fail or a success, but I planted Brussels sprouts, cabbage, zinnias, and nasturtiums. So obviously zinnias and nasturtiums I planted as companions to bring in pollinators, all that. And they are. I, I saw so many butterflies on my zinnias today. It was amazing. My Brussels sprouts and my cabbage, however, I'm not going to get any food off of them. So that's kind of the fail. But on the flip side, they have kind of become my trap plants. So the beetles are eating the crap out of my cabbage, my zinnias, my nasturtiums, my um, Brussels sprouts, which is great because I'm not damage to my beans, but I definitely have less damage than I think I would have had if I didn't have those uh, trap plants that I didn't mean to be trap plants, but it sort of just happened and it works. Um, I don't typically grow a lot of brassicas because frankly, I just think there's such a pain in the butt. Like you have to do the covering and all that. And we have, if you, you know, you live in Lancaster County, you probably know about the corn wagon where you can go buy a enormous head of cabbage for like a dollar or dollar 50 or whatever in the fall. So I'll just go buy six or eight cabbages there, make our sauerkraut and that'll keep us pooping all winter and it'll be fantastic um get that gut health under control um so i don't typically do brassicas but i was like eh, i'll do a few cabbages i'll do it for brussels sprouts and it worked whatever the, the the beetles are destroying them and they can have at it um so that was sort of a fail sort of not a fail as far as that went um other than that, I haven't had a ton of fails. I am just generally feeling like I'm failing, I guess, just because I'm not pulling the harvest that I thought I would be pulling by now. And like I said, I'm always a little bit behind, I guess, quote, behind. I don't know. I, I hear people say I'm behind. Like, behind what? Um, so I guess I, you know, I definitely thought I was going to get more squash, more melons, more of that. And a lot of those vines, I think, are just rotting because they're just not getting dried out enough from the sun and then kind of cycling through being wet and dry and wet and dry and whatever. Um, and maybe I'll feel differently about my tomato harvest as we come into the coming, the, you know, the next coming weeks. So another thing that I probably failed on is that I interspersed my peppers with my tomatoes. When they're all six inches tall, this seems like a really fantastic idea. And they're good companions. Like, it's not like they're bad companions. But because I have all indeterminate tomatoes that are now as tall as my husband, even in the raised bed, um, my poor pepper plants are getting, like, no sun. And, you know, they're just getting drowned out by these tomatoes. So I have a few pepper plants that are doing okay. I probably put in 20 pepper plants, and I can visibly see maybe two of them. So next year, last year I did beds of just peppers and I had amazing pepper harvest. This year I was like, oh, I'll intersperse them. This will be so great. No, it was not so great. So not getting a tremendous pepper harvest. Um, thankfully, my favorite little farmer friend down the road, Missy, said about Funk's Greenhouse. Um, they're the best. Um, she has hooked me up with the peppers. So I think I've bought 
two bushels from her. Um, we're making pepper mustard and doing some pickled peppers. And I'm going to have a YouTube video coming out about that here in the next week too. Pepper mustard or pepper butter, whatever you want to call it, is the bomb and you should make it. Um, and you can make it with really any kind of, so I'm making it with like cayennes and cherry bombs and um, you can do whatever kind of peppers really want. Sweet banana, Hungarian wax, whatever. So um, other than that, we're not doing too bad. I, I think sometimes I'm just a little too hard on myself. Like I'm expecting myself to pull bushels and bushels and bushels of food from the garden. And like, you know, you Google it and you're like, okay, I have a 2000 square foot garden. Theoretically, how many pounds of food should I be able to pull from this? And Google says whatever number it says, you know, so I always have that in my head. And I'm like, well, I don't even know if I'm at half of that. Which is silly because there's just so many things to factor in, like how did you plan and what companions and what pests are you fighting and how did you trellis and like all of this stuff comes into play. So I'm probably being a little bit harder on myself about my fails than I should be. And I know Missy's the same because, you know, she moved to Florida. She, Missy and I are like the queens of research. Like we research the crap out of everything, reading it and watching it and talking about it and talking to other people about it and whatever. And, you know, we just have all these big dreams and then, you know, we get some little piddly amount, one little eggplant and five tomatoes. (laughs) So those are my fails for this year. Um, Oh, I, I do have another f- sort of a fail is I tried to do some potted herbs. Uh, my mint is crazy. You know, mint will grow in the middle of nothing, I feel like. Um, some of my other herbs are doing just meh. They're not great. I think what I'm going to do for next year is just have a few little dedicated res- raised beds off of my garden um, that are just dedicated to herbs. Missy gave me some comfrey and lemon balm before she left. And I have those in a bed over by the deck. I literally ignore them. I never water them. I harvest from them like three or four times throughout the summer and I get amazing harvest off of them and I don't even pay attention to them. Maybe that's the secret, miss. Maybe we're giving these things too much attention. Right. Exactly. I was going to say when you said about mint growing anywhere, um, just don't cold stratify it. Then it will grow because, you know, that's one of the ones I cold stratified and none of it came up. I can't. Ugh. Yeah, I tried to do, so I have some mullion, which I think it finally did germinate, and it is finally growing a little bit. Um, I, I, You know, I had all these big dreams, like I was, oh, that was the other thing. I guess I lied. I do have some other fails. I thought, oh, I'll put herbs in the beds beside my gourd. So I have like the big middle section that's all the gourds and pumpkins and whatever. And then on the sides, I was like, oh, I'll do all these herbs. Well, I can't even tell you how many seeds I put in of lavender and um calendula and just all these things and i might have dill i I might have like one or two that actually did anything um i don't know i really need to like like dig into this more because this year i really kind of interspersed a bunch of plants thinking that was going to be the way to go and i'm just not sure that i'm convinced like last year i did like a bed of peppers and a bed of dill and whatever and I had such a better harvest now I did rotate my beds of course like I didn't put my nightshades back in the same beds I had nightshades in and whatever and my garden's only so big so I can only do so much rotation um but next year I might just do a little less interspersing and a little bit more grouping things together um I don't know sometimes I guess I just get so caught up in the p word permaculture and I just really want like I want this beautiful little 
garden that has like all these squashes and interspersed are nasturtiums and dill and this and that and whatever. And maybe in the garden I have, that's just not going to work. So, um, yeah, I, I, that's, that's where I'm at with my fails for this year. Um, I think next week we are going to kind of dig into what we're going to change. So based on this year's fails and for Missy, obviously it's going to be a little bit different, but we'll talk with Missy a little bit about what her plans are. So obviously in her head, she knows, you know, we'd like to at least have X size garden or whatever. So whether they land on two acres or five acres or 10 acres or whatever, you know, she would like to have whatever size garden and what are her plans for that? Um, what are my plans for my garden? And um, am I going to expand? If my husband listens to this podcast, he's going to be shaking his head because he told me I'm not allowed to expand anymore because I'm cutting into his tractor path. Um, so I might have to get creative and put beds other places. So that's what we're going to talk about next week. We're going to talk about like what we're going to change. Um, also coming up in this series, we're going to talk about gardening with kids and family dynamics and personalities and like um, so is everyone in your family into gardening or is only, or only you or only your husband or is that, you know, whatever. So we're going to talk about that and just kind of gardening with family and what that, what that all looks like. Um, I think we'll probably, I know, like we just talked about mental health and homeschooling last week, but I think we might wrap a little bit of mental health into gardening because I feel like Missy would agree. There's, there's a little bit of like, mental health maintenance that comes into play like when you're gardening like as missy and i are sitting here talking about our fails um you know it can be discouraging because you think i'm gonna like grow all this great food and then so much goes wrong and what's plan b right you know and jess talks about this at roots and refuge and like you know she's not having a great tomato harvest or whatever like this is their first year on that farm um they're just kind of learning about everything and like building their new beds and all that and so she kind of talks about how it's okay to go buy like stuff from your local farmer or if you and you know missy's gonna be in this boat they're gonna be moving like kind of at the beginning of fallish or whatever and sort of kind of missed the the big growing season here like even if they move in september she might be able to squeeze in some some fall gardening or whatever but you know it's going to be okay for her to maybe go to sam's club and freeze dry some number 10 cans of tomato sauce if that needs to do just to get some stuff on the shelf right um so i think we'll work that in um we're going to talk about making money off of your garden and ways you can make money off of your garden um and then in our um probably the last one in this series we're going to talk about laying out your garden kind of laying out your homestead and where your garden should be on your homestead and all that kind of stuff so that's what you have to look forward to in this series um Share your fails with us. Let us know what you failed at. If what we failed at, you have some awesome tips for it. Let us know for sure. Um, and then next week we'll be back to talk about what we're going to change. So um, don't forget to uh, subscribe to the podcast. You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Um, you can find Missy on Facebook and Instagram or at homesteadingroots.com. You can find us on YouTube. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're trying to build up our subscribers. We finally hit over 100. Woohoo! So we can change the URL, which is very exciting. 
Um, and so you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, chapelhillforge.com. Um, and Missy and I both have resource tabs on our website. So if you're interested in digging more into homesteading topics or uh, gardening or food preservation, Missy's really starting to dig into mushrooms, which is super fun. Um, she's got some cool ebooks and some PDFs where you can learn a lot about um different healing things and um, she's really digging into tinctures more so lots of good stuff that you can find on our website so we hope that you guys learned something today we hope that as always you're encouraged that you're not the only one if you have garden fails of your own this year and we'll catch you guys next week bye friends bye, bye.